Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and we're brought to you today by Solar City, your source of clean, reliable energy. And I said, like I said, I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and today we have two very different and very talented guests. One is from the world of pop, and one is from the world of Americana and PTSD. So stay tuned. You are going to love today's show. It is probably going to be one of the most fascinating we've done in a long time. Now, I want to remind everybody, I want to tell everybody, actually, that today's program was taped yesterday, so don't call in because we're not here, right? But you can email your questions and your comments for the guests to us, and we will forward them on. Just email your questions to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com, and we will forward them on to the guests. Let us know if you want us to take your email off so you don't get put on mailing lists that uh, you don't want to, and we'll do that. But otherwise, we'll just have the, the guest reply to you directly. Now, I understand we have a surprise guest uh, with us, uh, Amy Loftus. Hi, Amy. Are you there? Hi, I'm here. How you doing, Patrick? I'm doing well, and I understand you're in Los Angeles, and you have a show coming up. I do, at Molly Malone's on May 2nd. Well, Molly Malone's is one of my favorite places, and for those of you who are in Southern California, Molly Malone's is on Fairfax. It's just a little bit north of LACMA. Uh, and there's plenty of parking around there. And it's, it's, it's one of the better places for listening to music because with a name like Molly Malone, obviously it's got a big bar, but the bar is in a separate room so we can really hear the music. Have you ever played there before? I have many times before in a different uh, incarnation when I lived here earlier. I lived in L.A. <laughs> back in the early 2000s, and then I moved to Nashville for several years, and now I'm back in L.A., and... Yeah, actually, Molly Malone's was the first stage that I ever played guitar on by myself. I had been singing in a band, but I picked up the guitar, and so I always remember Molly Malone's for that reason. It was, I was so nervous, and um, well, and so I'm happy to be back. Well, I, I imagine so, because Molly Malone's, another advantage to Molly Malone's, has a big stage, and I can just imagine what it's like to be standing there all by yourself in the spotlight. With all those people out there in the dark that you can't see, but apparently it worked. So what were you doing in Nashville? Did you become part of the songwriting machine there? I did. Well, well I did my, yeah, I, I did a bit. I was definitely on, on the fringes because I'm, you know, more of an indie artist, but I certainly, I, co- I wrote with a lot of people, a lot of co-writing and a lot of learning. I learned a ton in Nashville. I, I really kind of made myself stay there, even though I wasn't, um, it wasn't my cup of tea in terms of the city. I, I always missed L.A., but I, I had so much to learn there that I just I just sort of made myself get immersed. And and then um, when I was ready to come back to my happy place, I, I got back to L.A. And I, but I still well, sort of used everything that I learned there. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that this is your happy place because, you know, L.A. is now the music capital of the world, uh, much to Nashville chagrin, I'm sure, <laughs> right? Yes, and, I, and we're I didn't go- know that. Is it is it really known as the music capital of the world? Uh, there are more musicians, producers, songwriters, clubs, venues, etc. here than probably any other place in the country, which is why there's a lot of uh, musicians who do move here from New York and from Nashville, not to mention from Canada and London and Mexico and lots of other places. So it really is becoming a nexus of the music uh the music industry, and of course, because it's a creative industry, the more people that are in that industry, the more people want to be there because they like to, you know, collaborate and and uh, and get to and get together. Well, real quick, we've only yeah. got about a minute left, but once again, tell us you're going to be at Molly Malone's. Give us the date and Molly the time. Molly Malone's five. It'll be from five to seven. It's I'm throwing a party for the Pledgers on Pledge music.com who made this album possible 
And so, but everyone is welcome as long as you're 21. It's a private party, but it's open to the public. So we have the place to ourselves from five to seven. So everyone's welcome. There's going to be food and drink and the full band. And I won't be as nervous about playing guitar because <laughs> I've got a better handle on it now. And it's going to be right. a stomping blast. <laughs> I, I love it. A, a public private party. And that's May 2nd down at Molly Malone. Exactly. That's on Fairfax. Five o'clock, and I know you're going to have a great time. Well, thank you so much for calling in and letting us know. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. You too. We have to take a break right now to welcome in our radio affiliates, but when we come back, fast-rising pop sensation Mikey Wax is going to be with us, so don't go away. You're going to love this. Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA. Always on the go. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, host of Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome all of our radio listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and their radio affiliates. Now, I also want to remind everybody this program was taped yesterday, so don't call in, but you can email your questions and your comments to the guest through Music Friday. Just email to MusicFridayLive at gmail.com, and we will forward them to the guest. Also, if you're listening to us on a podcast, you know, you're downloading it from uh, uh, iTunes or many of the other places where our podcasts are, you can do the same. You can send us your questions and your comments for our guest, and we will forward them directly to the guest, unless you tell us differently. If you want us to take your email address off, we will, but, you know, most people like to get the email back from the guest anyway. So that's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Well, any artist who would write a song called You Lift Me Up to honor all the people who have supported him and what looks like a rocket to stardom is my kind of person. Mikey Wax is that artist, and that song has been played six million times on Spotify, and I'll bet that before today's show's over, it's going to be another million times. People love him, and Michael, because for many reasons. Mike, Mikey Wax is really talented, he's really versatile, he's really hardworking, and he's really, really fun. And given the adoration of his legions of fans across the country, he's also a really nice person. Well, in just a minute, I'm going to talk with him and ask him all the questions I ask artists on the air. But after listening to his three albums, I have a question for the Grammy judges. Why doesn't this man have a statue? Well, maybe this year. Mikey Wax, welcome to Music Friday Live. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me. It's going well. Where are you right now? I know you're on tour. Yeah, I'm in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. We have uh, one of our only days off today, so I'm actually sitting outside at a Starbucks and taking some sun. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to make you work on your on your only day off, but uh, <laughs> no, no. <It's laughs> we'll, we'll try to, to make it. We'll try to make yeah. it fun. All right, now there's a yeah. video of, of you on your Instagram page, riding in a van with a group of people playing with percussion shakers. Who's in the van yeah. with you, and do you always have as much fun on your tours? This tour has been more fun than the previous. Uh, the, the group that we're with, you know, everyone gets along really well, and we're all just having a blast. So basically, <clears throat> in that video in the front seat is uh, my guitarist and background vocalist, Nate Lewick. In the uh, front seat, uh, in the um, shotgun seat is um, uh, Alexis Keegan. She's the opener on this tour. She's been with on she's been with us every show and she's super cool and really talented so we're we're glad to have her on the road with us. And then next to me is uh, my drummer and my uh, buddy Shane Considine and then me and the four of us were just playing shaker with Advil bottles and pretzels and, and all different things that make <laughs> uh, percussion type noises. Well, it looks like you're having a great time and you're coming close to the end of the tour. You've got four more cities left. Now, is there a chance yeah. you're going to extend it? Yeah, you know, we're working right now on a tour for uh, the summer to keep it going. Uh, it might not be confirmed and fully booked until August, but hopefully I'll be back out on the road this summer, and I definitely want to extend it. It's been, it's been such a blast. 
Well, I hope so, and I hope you uh, have mm-hmm. a chance to come back to California because uh, I-, I know you sold out of your tour sweatshirts, but you're probably going to get some <laughs> more in, and I'm going to try to I'm going to try to get one if you come back to California. Sounds good. Now, you got it. Just for you, we're going to we're going to make some more. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, I want to let our listeners know why so many people come to see you live and stream your music. So I'm going to start in the middle of your third album, which is called Mikey Wax, and it was released last June. Here's here's the song, Hang On. I started with, with, with this song uh, because I think it demonstrates so well your mastery of what I call earworm pop, pop music <laughs> that within seconds I'm singing along with it. <laughs> now, do your audiences sing along in your concerts? If they're not, I make them. So, yeah, for the most part they do, and they come, and they're, and they're singing. But, uh, you know, there's always a couple shy people, and we, we like to have a fun time at the concerts, so we try to get everyone singing along. So you just send members of the band down to say, you, you sing? <laughs> yeah, you know we kind of we kind of like sometimes teach the audience a chorus ahead of time just in case they're not familiar with it, and we'll be like, all right, you have to sing with us, and then you know we we go into you know we want the show to be as interactive as possible, so um, getting everyone to sing along is always a fun part of the show. Well, I can now I, I now I really understand why you're pretty much sold out. Now you started playing piano when I think you were eight years old, and you've claimed that you got the music bug after playing wild thing in the fifth grade to impress girls. Will you, <laughs> yeah. will you, were you really into impressing girls in the fifth grade? You know what? I, I think I was just into impressing anyone. I, uh, I was, uh, you know, I, I was kind of like the class, uh, I, I don't want to call it the troublemaker, but I, I definitely liked being the center of attention and, and making jokes and stuff like that. And then when there was a piano in class, I was like, Hey, look what I could do. I could play, three chords and rock out and you know it, it actually got my teacher to really like me so uh, I was happy with it well it, it certainly has uh, stood you uh, in, in good stead and I'm sure you're still impressing girls um, speaking <laughs> of <laughs> speaking of childhood the album has a song on it that you wrote when you were 16 and I want to play it now here is uh, the last great song okay well I was walking When a man asked me, could you spare me some gold? And so I reached deep down, gave him all that I could loan. And he said in return, I'll play you the last great song. And he reached for his guitar. This is a very sophisticated song for anyone, much less a 16-year-old. Where did that song come from? You know, I don't really know. I, I remember having this idea in my head about who's going to write the last great song. What, what's it going to sound like? What would it be? You know, what, and I just had this whole concept of, of that. It was one of the only songs where I wrote the lyrics first before even the melody. So I, I really don't know. I, I remember just, you know, singing those three words over and over over those chords, and it just kind of, you know, turned into a story. Well, it, it's a great story, and you, you paint a wonderful picture with it, too. And, and it's not Thank easy to, to be cinematic in pop music, and you've managed to pull that off. So congratulations and kudos I for that. I appreciate that. that. Thank you. 
Uh, now, you were raised on Long Island, which is a lovely yeah. place, but can be kind of an insulated place. So is, is that part of why you decided to, to go to Vanderbilt University in Nashville? Yeah, I definitely want to get out of New York and away from kind of the Long Island scene, so to speak. You know, see different, you know, a different kind of part of the country and a different culture. And I've, I've always been, you know, one to like be attracted to kind of, you know, um, things that none of my friends or you know family had done before. I like I like adventuring. So for me, it was kind of you know there was something that just attracted to me the idea of living in Nashville for four years. Well, did you get involved with the uh, the music industry in Nashville while you were there? I was in a band, uh, a pretty serious band at the time, and we, and you know, we were playing out, and we were doing, uh, you know, we got invited to play the Rites of Spring Festival, which was a pretty big festival at Vanderbilt at the end of each year, and um, I, I was writing a ton of music, but I didn't fully get my feet wet in the industry, so to speak, until after I graduated, and that was when I really started, you know, releasing music and, you know, kind yeah. of, you know, trying to pursue it as a as a profession. Right. Uh, we're talking with uh, Mikey Wax about his tour and his new self-titled album. Uh, and check both of them out at his website, MikeyWax.com. If you're listening to this interview on a podcast, you can send uh, questions to Mikey at MusicFridayLive at gmail.com, and we will forward them on to him, and he can answer them while he's driving on his tour. Uh, also, yep. let me rem- <laughs> let me remind everybody that uh, this interview was actually taped yesterday, so don't call in, but you can send your uh, your your questions and your comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Now, Mikey, I, I promised I would play the first song from the album, the the one I mentioned in the introduction, You Lift Me Up. Now, you've produced, right. as far as I know, four versions of it. There's a straight version, <laughs> a remixed dance version, an acoustic version, yeah. a hot AC mix. Um, I'm going to play cuts uh, from the straight version and the acoustic version just to give our, uh, our audience uh, an idea of what your um, your versatility is like. So first of all, this is the original version. Now we're going to play the uh, the acoustic version. If I can get my producer to put the acoustic version up. Here we go. All right. Mikey, I, I love that you had the confidence in the core strength of that song to mix it four different ways and release them. Where did you get the idea to do that? Well, I knew that I wanted to do the acoustic version, the one, the last one that you just played, because I, I felt lyrically the song could hold its own, not just being you know produced in kind of a pop way. So um, I wanted to do that. So I actually just recorded that in my basement in my studio. Um, 
the other, the remix one was a couple of uh, DJ producers that, um, the original version, they wanted the uh, the stems of it and so they could remake it. So, and that was through just a, a friend of mine. You know, they were DJs and, and Live City, and they're gr- they're great producers in their own respect. So I gave them the stems, and that was the third version. And then the, my record company wanted to go after, uh, for how they see radio. They wanted to impact how they see radio, and then, so they needed a new radio mix that was a little less, um, a little less, I guess, uh, electronic sounding. And so we had to do the fourth mix. So before you knew it, we had four versions of the song. <laughs> well, uh, I have to ask, it, it, do you have a favorite? Uh, you know, I, I would say, I, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think the one I listen to the most is probably just the original album version because that's the one that the YouTube uh, lyric video is done for, and that's the one that's kind of been featured in a few different things. So I, I would say the album one is, is maybe the one I hear the most. And uh, But it's hard for me to pick a favorite, I'd say. Okay, all right. Uh, fair enough. Now, I, I understand yeah. that that your father was a big influence on you and that one of your brothers actually works with you now and co-writes songs with you. Uh, can you tell yeah. us a little bit of, about both of them and, and the family interplay there in your music? Yeah, so my dad was a piano player and a songwriter and is a instru- instrumental songwriter and a great musician in his own right. And he kind of, you know, taught me how to play at a really young age just because I was fascinated by, you know, the way his, his fingers would move on the piano and the way, you know, his feet would work the pedals. And I remember just being a kid sitting under the piano and kind of watching him play. And uh, so that was definitely my first influence. And then my brother um, is my manager, and he, uh, you know, I've never been the kind of artist to want to be like, you know, buy my record, buy my record, buy my record. But he, he has no shame in kind of self-promoting and, and promoting my music. So it, it works. It's a nice balance. And it seems to, seems to work very well. Now, yeah. this is your first headline tour, and, and it's a big tour, too. You're, you're going to 24 cities. Does that yeah. sometimes wear you out, or, or do you have lots of energy and you're writing songs along the way as well as playing with shakers in the van? <laughs> it, it's hard to do anything else when you're on tour aside from tour. I'm not a great writer on the road. I tend to get home and be inspired by all the places I visit and the people that I met. So I'll get home and, and usually write like a boatload of music. But uh, when I'm on the road, it tends to just be, you know, one stop to the next. Let's play the show, play the show, and, uh, and you know, and do our job out here. And it's definitely exhausting. It takes a toll. But it's, uh, you know, when you're with good people and you're, and you're playing music every night and meeting fans, it, it keeps the energy alive. So we're definitely, you know, we're feeling it now. That there's only a few shows left, but it's definitely, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been an amazing ride. So I'm, I'm very thrilled. You know, I'm very happy about it. Well, I hope you don't have a post-tour uh, letdown, but rather you use all that material and go write a whole bunch of more uh, songs. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, what's been your favorite venue so far? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I, you know, there's always something special about playing a hometown New York City show. So Rockwood Music Hall was a great, uh, was a great night. We played a sold-out show in New York City, and, and that's always a thrill. Um, aside from that... Um, we played a really cool venue in uh, in Portland. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but it was it was a very uh, uh, I guess unique to Portland. It was it was kind of like a a bike shop slash bar slash coffee shop slash music venue, and it was a very Velo uh, Cult I think was the name. And it was very interesting to play a venue like that. So you know you get to see different things when you're on the road. Uh, did you also play in the the House of Blues in New Orleans? Yeah, the House of Blue New Orleans was definitely a very special night. We, um, it was a, we packed it out, and it was a, on a Monday night, I believe, which was a tough night for us. But uh, people came out; they they supported us. It, it was a great night, and the House of Blues is very, you know, hospitable, and they took good care of us. So that was a, you know, every number of has been special in its own right. Well, from what I've seen, the videos of your performances, people have a lot of fun. Now, I yeah. understand that you also do house concerts. Are, are you still doing that uh, while you sure, tour? Sure, yeah, yeah. We've done, uh, uh, we fill on the in the, uh, the off days. We've done, uh, we're going to only do three this entire tour. I used to only do house concerts when I was starting out, but, uh, you know, with less time on the road, it's not as easy to fit them in, but we're doing a couple of this tour, so those are always nice to do and get, get some home-cooked, you know, uh, food when you're on the road. <laughs> Right. I actually used to be the chairman of a house concert organization, and uh, we uh, we did two a month, and and right. we had a place for musicians to stay, and we always took them out to dinner, and you know the whole thing. And so I I know, you know I, I always love them. They're very special, and you realize you know when you get kind of you know uh, 
up close and personal with your fans and you're playing music, you know, it kind of brings it back to the basics and the source of, you know, why you do it. And it's always a nice reminder and a, a very uh, special experience to, to have that with my fans. And, of course, there's now a, a couple of organizations that help people uh, produce house, house concerts and put bands together with, uh, with people who want to put uh, house concerts on. So it's a lot easier right. now. And, um, uh, do you, do you, is that something you're going to continue doing as you do more touring? I'll continue doing them. It's, I, I don't think I would ever do like a whole, entire house country tour again, but it's always nice on the off days if you're passing through. You know, we did one in Spokane, Washington, this tour, and you know, I would have never had that experience if I wasn't on the road and playing from Seattle to um, we were going to Boise and we passed Spokane. I was like, you know, let's put a house concert together for them in Spokane. So um, it, it was very, uh, it was a very nice experience to do that. So it, it's great to do it on the off days and to, and to sometimes go visit fans that can't make it to a show in a major city. Well, in addition to doing that on your off days, um, I have a, one of my little research gremlins tells me that you also like to play golf. Is that correct? <laughs> I'm trying to get better. I'm really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a chance to get out on the, hit a few balls while you're touring? We haven't this tour, but before the tour, I was on. A, I went to, on vacation in Florida, and I got a chance to uh, get to the driving range and, and work on my swing a little bit. So, uh, a lot of work to go, but hopefully, hopefully next tour I can incorporate that a little bit more. <laughs> Well, I think that's, that's, that's great. Well, we, we must be having fun because we're getting tight on time, but there's one more song I want to play, and this is uh, Only One. song are pretty powerful you, you you really thought about writing it and i especially like the way that you deliver those lines musically uh, lines that popped out at me a feeling like you're all out of love and it's an unforgiving fact that in the past yeah you had it tough and i don't yeah. want to try to save you just want to see you smile if only for a night um now those are those lyrics are are tender they're full of care and they're full of gentleness but you're delivering them with a fast-tempo, funk-style beat, which works really well. So why did, right. you decide you. To, well, why did you decide to frame loving, caring words in a funky package? I, I knew the song. You know, I wrote the chorus of that song first. So I knew the song was about that, that whole concept of having somebody, you know, um, trust you. And, and, you know, maybe they're down in life, uh, but, you know, you're going to provide that, you know, that. Uh, that leaning shoulder for them that they can, you know, lean on and uh, kind of trust you for the time being when they're not, when they're not feeling it. So the chorus kind of led the way for that song, and then the verse was pretty much the scenario. And and I knew the melody had to move. I wanted the I wanted the the words to move, and it's kind of like you know you're having a conversation with this person at a really fast pace. You know, you're kind of just telling them, you know, it's okay, it's okay. You know, don't. It, it's kind of in that frantic moment. You know, you, you just gotta rely, you know, trust that everything's going to work out, and, and, and it will. So I think it was based on that premise that it was more conversational and that frantic kind of feeling, like, you know, don't, don't make any sudden decisions, don't run out of town, don't leave, you know, I, I'll help you through this, you know, we can do this together. So, well, well, you used the word premise a couple of times, so is it safe to assume that that is not from a real incident in your life? Um. You know, it, I, I, it was inspired by a real incident, but then you, I kind of took it to a place where maybe, you know, I you always get inspired by something that happens in your life. Well, at least I do. And then you kind of, you know, elaborate on that idea. So, you know, it was a point in my life where I needed somebody, uh, somebody, a friend that I had was really in a, you know, a bad situation and a, and a tough time in their life. And they were looking for that kind of friend, but 
it was almost like you become more than friends through that situation. You know, you, you kind of become romantically involved, and it's kind of like, you know, you can trust me, I'm not going to hurt you like someone else did in the past. And so you kind of take that premise, that that idea, and uh, elaborate on it and, and turn it into a song, into a story. Well, you did it really well. I really like that. Now, and I, like I said, I love the way you took loving, caring words and package them in, in high-energy uh, tempo. It really Thanks. works very well. Well, what isn't working very well is the clock. Uh, we are out of time, so I'm going to let you. I was going to say I was going to let you go back to the road and your your shakers, but uh, I guess I'll let you just continue uh, sipping that uh, that coffee there at uh, at uh, uh, the coffee shop, and uh, yep. hoping that you get, maybe this afternoon you can get out on the links uh, and shoot a few more balls. In any case, thank you so much for for taking the time to be with us. This has been a real delight. Thank you, Patrick, and I appreciate the questions. Uh, this, this was a blast for me, too, so thank you very much. The album is Mikey Wax, and you can get it on iTunes and Amazon. You can even get a signed CD at uh, Mikey's website. So, And you can also check out the tour schedule on site and follow him on Instagram for more of those great driving videos. Thanks again, Mikey. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We have to take a break right now, and when we return, Walter Cronin, musician, soldier, hero. Don't go away. You're not going to want to miss this one. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. We're back. We're back at Music Friday, and I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and your host today, and we would like to... Uh, tell you once again that this was that this interview was taped yesterday and which means that you can't uh, call in but you can write in you can write in uh, on email and you can ask uh, questions of our guests and we will send uh, we'll send those questions off to them and they can uh, respond to you now i want to uh, before our next guest i need to talk a little bit about our sponsor and that's solar city Solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront costs. With SolarCity, you can go solar for zero upfront costs on approved credit. SolarCity will come out and install a solar system on your home for free, and you pay only for the power you use, you know, just like you do from the utility company, but you use less power so your bill is lower and you use less power because the sun is making it for you. Solar City pays for the system, it insures the system, it maintains the system. All you have to do is enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar hasn't been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. Now, how do you find out about this? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew I was going to give you a phone number, and that phone number is 909 618 6937. That's 909-618-6937. And, and if you do call, tell them I sent you. Tell them Music Friday Live told you to call, and they will give you a discount on your order. Okay, we're going to take a, a, a quick break for a commercial, and when we come back, Walter Cronin. CyberStation USA is the future of radio. Get your business into the online future at the world's largest internet radio station. From banner placement on our homepage to any of our broadcaster pages, commercials on our video player, audio spots on any of our shows, or at the beginning of any of our on-demand broadcasts. CyberStation USA offers competitive rates with a worldwide reach, a fully integrated one-stop shop social media broadcast platform. For more information, please contact and we're going to play a little bit of Vagabonds. This is the song of Mikey Wax's song that we didn't have a chance to play uh, all of. So I'm going to treat you to a little bit of that while we go find Walter. Here we go.
done Cause he didn't know how to be Accepted in his circumstance Where he'd been before Carried the love for a woman Saved him dying on the floor No deep love been given To this damaged soul to feel Oh, Susanna I wish he'd cried for me And what's to come of vagabonds Travelers of the world That was a little bit of Vagabonds. That's uh, Walter uh, Cronin's song. Walter will be with us in a moment. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I've got uh, we've got one more ad that I, I'll take this opportunity to uh, to play, and this is one that uh, I think everyone will appreciate. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Well, once in a while, I run across an artist whose voice and whose songs and whose life are an inspiration. No bells, no whistles, no pyrotechnics, no pretensions, just solid, honest music that you want to listen to over and over again and then think about. Walter Cronin, Walt Cronin, is working on his fifth album, and each one is just that, solid, honest, inspiring music. A Vietnam veteran who overcame PTSD himself, trained in psychology with the legendary author John Off, who created Primal Scream Therapy, Walt uses his skills and his music to help wounded warriors returning from Afghanistan and Iraq. His music is true Americana, but it's modern. It's got a touch of blues and a touch of country and a touch of folk. His lyrics are poetic, sometimes literal, sometimes not. His skill, his style is unique, recognizable anywhere. Fortunately, he's here with us today. Walt, welcome to Music Friday Live. Yeah, hi, Patrick. Nice to uh, uh, meet you and have you on your show. I, I really appreciate that. Well, Walt, you've had an extraordinary life. You're still having an extraordinary life. So when did you start learning and playing music? Uh, actually, I was going through Navy Hospital Corps School in San Diego, and uh, another uh, uh, guy was uh, going through training at that time uh, to become Navy uh, corpsman or medics, uh, knew how to play, and he taught me the the song Hey Joe because it had like five chords to it. He goes, if you learn that song, you can play the guitar. So that, that's why I practiced every <laughs> how, how old were you? About 18. Oh, okay, so you started pretty young. Well, uh, of, of course, um, the, the Vietnam era was an explosive era for rock. We had acid rock and the Doors and the Dead and the Beatles and all that. But you, oh, you emerged as a, an Americana and folk musician. Now, what calls you to Americana music instead of to the music that uh, you grew up with? Well, they all are, they all are influenced, uh, you know, have influenced me. And, and, you know, I love the birds and uh, the Buffalo uh, Springfield and uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers and all the guys like Graham Parsons who were, um, you know, segueing into country rock and they had all different names for it. And that was uh, the music I was really had my ear to because, you know, I love country music. Kind of grew up with that, uh, listening to a lot of that. Uh, Johnny Cash, and, and so when those guys came along, that was, I thought, well, this is a breakthrough, you know, and, and, and I think it was, you know, um, Americana came out of uh, Graham Parsons, uh, uh, were, you know, he's kind of like uh, considered the, the guy who really started it. So, well, you, that, your music your music tells stories and it paints pictures, and, and I want to play it, this is a great example, this is once again it's a new song, it's not yet out on the album, so this is uh, once again You waited out Will yourself to stay 
I love the lyrics in that song, and and uh, I especially love the the lines: "Reach up in the night sky, pluck it in your hand, fill up all the darkness, oh make a stand." Now that paints an aesthetic picture until that last line, and then the meaning kind of changes, and not in a bad way, but different. So, so what are you well, referring to? If, if you don't mind my, if you don't mind my correcting you, okay, please do. Reach up in the night sky, a bucket in your hand, fill up all the stars there, make a stand. Okay, thank you. All um, right. What were you referring to? Uh, keeping your hopes alive, because um, uh, the song could apply to anybody who's suffering from post-traumatic stress, um, which is a, de- a depression, anxiety disorder, or Really, uh, you know, uh, depression, basically. I mean, people that have suffered depression, they can't articulate. Uh, William Styron tried to write a whole book trying to define what it was. And unless, you, uh, unless you're going through it, you can't, you can't, you can't explain it. And, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, there's people that say, um, you know, they don't want to die. They just want the pain to stop. And that, that's, uh, that, 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 that pretty much sums up what severe depression is like. And guys are, you know, coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan and, of course, from Vietnam, high suicide numbers, whatever it is, 22 a day. There's uh, the trauma of war, um, really, uh, it's a psychological trauma, and then there's the uh, traumatic brain injuries as well, which is um, exposure to concussive blasts of, uh, you know, bombs that have detonated. And, um so it, it, it's it's a depression whether you've been in war or not is a serious uh, human uh, condition, and the song is about that. It's about dealing with lifelong uh, problems with with that area and, you got, and trying to hold on by you know uh, you know just that simple lyric: reach up in the night sky, bucket in your hand, fill up all the stars. They're like wish upon a star. Everybody's done that, you know. Uh, well, try after, to, try after. To, after you returned from Vietnam, I understand that you, you yourself suffered from PTSD. Did, did music play a role in overcoming it, or, or do you really ever overcome it? I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. I think it's it's something that you live with. It, you don't necessarily cure yourself of it. You find coping mechanisms. You find things that work. You stay away from substance abuse. You stay away from alcohol. It's a depressant. You, know, you stay away from the things that, 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 that aggravate the condition. You, know, you try does to make music your life as good as you can. Is Pardon music me? one of? Is music help? Yeah, absolutely. Music is like a, li- a lifeline. It's something like through you. Uh, you're in the water and you're drowning. And music's like throwing you a lifeline. See? And then for people that want to try to um, uh, express their, their, their trauma or their, their pain. You know, music has been doing that for uh, eons. You know, Mary Gaucher is, uh, is, is a wonderful example of somebody who's, who's explored that in uh, numerous albums, how she's expressed her own pain. She was an orphan. She grew up, uh, you know, as a LGBT, um, you know, community. I mean, she had a tough, tough life. And she's now on the Grand Old Opry, and she had that you know, song Mercy Now. She's amazing. And um, so it, you know, people use the, the songwriting to, you know, music is what feelings sound like. I love that quote. But anyway, that's, uh, that's how it works. You know, if, and then if you, can, if you can write your own music, uh, even better, you know. Well, a song whose uh, who's lyrics uh, really make me think, While My Foot Is Tapping, is... Uh, is this one. This is uh, Gone So Long, and this is from the album of the same name. All the folks I knew, they housed the family. I don't hear that now, but I surely like to be. Standing in the long, tall corn of an Illinois country dream. What I believe in when I need some relief. Now, I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that, that that's, that's for the men and the women who go to war. Am I right on that? I've been gone so long. Well, it's, it's been gone uh, away from home. I, I, Illinois is where I'm from, and I've been living out in California half my life. So 
actually it's a, a song about going home and, and uh, to family and friends that you haven't seen for half your life. And I, yeah, and it could be applied to the fact that I had PTSD and I had to leave to kind of save myself and go through therapy out here, and then I made a life for myself. So yeah, it's 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 all of the above. Okay. Now, 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 you work with with returning vets, and, and you're an advocate. What no, exactly I don't, is uh, Patrick. That's not that's a, that's uh, that was misconstrued. I I went through four years of training under Janoff, and I wanted to apply that training. And uh, working in vet centers was one of the areas I was interested in. That didn't come about, but I would have liked to have done that. It, it didn't have. I'm a veteran advocate. That's mainly what I do with my music and going through. Uh, performing my music at, you know, Returning Soldiers Speak, Art of War. These are venues that I can uh, sing my songs and, and try to reach an audience of younger veterans or other Vietnam veterans. That's that's really what I do. Uh, do you work with uh, Veterans for Peace? I am a member of Veterans for Peace, and, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to say that they've endorsed me and my music, and, uh, you know, it's been a, you know, it's, I'm happy to say I am, yes. Uh, could you tell our audience a little bit about Veterans for Peace, who they are, and what they do, and why? Well, why you know they're they're very much anti-war. <laughs> they're <laughs> there's you know there's, uh, Smedley Butler is a Marine Corps general who retired uh, and he died like before World War II. He wrote a book called War is a Racket. You want to boil war down to its essence, uh, distill it to a it's a money maker. It makes money for Cheney. It makes money for. Bush. It makes money for it's it's a and it, at the cost of lives, blood and treasure. War is a racket, and you know you, you want to know what that, what I think about or what veterans for peace. Uh, you can read that book, and it, basically that's what it, it's distilled into. So. All right, uh, we're, we're talking with uh, Walt Cronin about his album, uh, um, about all of his albums, and you can find his music at www. WalterCronin.com and www.thegloucesters.com and also on SoundCloud. Now, it would be, uh, Gaus- it would be the Gloucesters. The Gloucesters. The Gloucesters. Okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best place. The yeah, all right. Well, I want to play some I just want more to of this. Sure. I want to play some more of this wonderful music because not all of your music is country or folk sounding. Now, this no, one. Oh, no. Uh, and not all of it is war related, Patrick. Okay. Well, this is this is uh, another new song too. This is Sleep White. And you wake and you feel a twinge of all the love that could have been, and your dreams that you dream stay in the hopes that you still feel, and the love love you feel. Is waiting to be shown that it's real And your hopes and your dreams You still wake with all the love you feel And you sleep and you wake And you wonder at the love that you make And you dream of all the love that you need And the love, love you feel That is so beautiful. I really love to, to, to listen to that. Thank you very much. Wow, um, thank you. The, the, and it hits home, too, the, the, the lines, the hopes that used to be. So what's the genesis of that song? Well, I actually, it's like the one song I ever came up with that I woke up in the morning with that melody in my head, and it's the only time it ever happened. And I just, and I, and I went into my uh, little room, my third bedroom that I use as a studio, and I just started working on it right away because it was there. And, and that's how, and it, you know, a lot of songwriters will tell you that. It's, it's just, it all of a sudden, it's like you're a, a conduit, and you feel like it's just coming through you. And all of a sudden, that song was like, and it was just about sleep, wake, consciousness, um, it's hard. Sometimes you don't even know where the lyrics themselves are coming out of. Like you're, in this case, it's like I re- literally had just woken up and like the words were kind of kind of coming out of me. And I, I'm not. What was the specific lyric that you were questioning? Um, the hopes that used to be. Oh, the hope. Well, you know what? I I wonder if all of us uh, have uh, all been hurt and 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 felt like we didn't get maybe all the love we we needed at the times that we needed it, maybe we were neglected or didn't feel that 
we felt loved or, you know, um, so those hopes uh, that used to be could pertain to that. We are talking with uh, Walt Cronin about his albums. Uh, you can find his music at www.thegloucesters.com and on SoundCloud. And I want to remind everybody that this interview was taped yesterday, so don't call in, but you can send uh, your questions and your comments to the guest. You can send them to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com, and we will forward them on to the guest. Now, uh, Walt, do you have a... a regular process for writing music or do different songs come to you in different ways uh different ways sometimes the melody like uh yeah this this morning i've got a melody and now i'm I'm trying to think what does that melody uh make me feel you know what does the melody remind me of is there is there a memory that comes you know or you know like uh, i went into a little bar which is the americana band uh icy hawks in la and I saw and just saw this uh, young lady dancing on the dance floor, and it, I wrote "Dancing Girl," and it just came from that experience of you know observing, you know your, your songwriters are always listening to other people's conversations at the other table, and they're always you know they're always trying to you know observe the human condition, and you know and, and you got to keep your you know that's that's well, that's where the best stuff comes from. You're just you're 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 watching and listening, you know, until something. So something hits you, and then all of a sudden it's like it becomes kind of obvious to you that, oh yeah, that's that's inspiring. I want to do something with that. Now you said earlier that you often play for veterans. Uh, you bring your music to them. Well, um, yeah. When go I, ahead. When I'm invited. When I'm invited. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It's right. uh, <laughs> not like I've got. I'm not like you know my card. My dance card isn't completely filled here. Once in a while. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, uh, uh, art, the Art of War out in Joshua Tree, they've had a uh, great community of uh, artists and, and veterans and, and, and active military doing uh, an event. Uh, for a few, there's been three of them, and they got another one coming up Memorial Day. Then Returning Soldiers Speak at the Beyond Baroque in Venice, California. I've been to that and, and got to perform my song and read a short story. And it's poetry, you know, different veterans reading poetry and short stories. And then I got to perform some music. And, and so whenever, uh, you know, it, it's a very small niche of what I do. And, and But not all my songs are about war or really about the after war, you know, like coming home and life uh, in America after you've returned. That was my whole thing. Uh, living with post-traumatic stress and the, my friends, my other fellow veterans, we all went through uh, things that we shared and, and a lot of the stories come out of that. So uh, but a lot of my songs are just about life. You know, I hope I, I don't want to just only do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. So, uh, uh, do, do you meet other veterans who are also into music or musicians? Um, other veteran musicians. Um, through Mary Gaucher, I've become friends with her. Uh, I've, I've gone to her concerts, and we kind of have a um, uh, we, we write to each other, and uh, you know, I, and, and she's been very supportive of me because I've tried to do my own songwriting with soldiers workshop, my own version of it, and she was giving me advice because she's very much into doing that, working with writing uh, uh, songs for soldiers and helping them heal through their their traumas through through music, and I tried to do my own little version of that, so I got to know her uh, doing that and. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, okay. Maybe I well, went too long on that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, I've had a. Uh, I was thinking of, of your 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 comment about sleep wake and that that you woke up with that, and we've had a, a many musicians who are on the show who say they they keep either a pad or sometimes a, a cell phone next to their uh, next to their bed so they can wake up and dictate uh, or or even sing into the into the cell phone. And uh, right. a, a, a lot of them also say that that uh, at that particular point, that place in between sleep and um, and wakefulness, songwriting is very cathartic. It, it allows them to solidify a dream and make it real, and then get whatever that dream was doing to them out of their head. Is songwriting cathartic for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's. Um, it, it, it's, it, you, you, you delve down deep in, into the unconscious or the subconscious and you're pulling up stuff that, uh, uh, you know, 
you, you don't even know what's coming up in, until it's been expressed into a rough vocal, a guitar vocal. You know, it's just it, it's it's an amazing process. You know, and and when it when it works, it, it's 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 a, it's it's incredible. It's an incredible feeling. I, right now, I'm waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting. I'm not prolific. I've got, I'm waiting for that to come, and I, you can't force it. And and when it, you know, and when it happens, it'll happen. And it's, I've learned to be patient. That you know, you can't make. I don't. I'm not like sit down and write a song every day. I I wait for the inspiration to come to me. I don't try to make it happen. And it's, well, maybe that's. Can't that's... Force then maybe that's why you, when you do sit down, right, you paint such great pictures. Now, here's another song that paints great pictures, but the pictures in this song are in gray. Left the place he'd grown up in To my back to see Headed out like most had done Cause he didn't know how to be Accepted in his circumstance Where he Now, um, who are the vagabonds? The vagabonds is just the homeless. Uh, you see them on the streets in L.A. They're all over, and a lot of them are Vietnam veterans or veterans. I shouldn't say Vietnam veterans. Uh, there's like 7,000 veterans on the street every night. It's getting better. They, they, the VA is starting to really pay attention to building housing, and uh, that song is just about homelessness and seeing the people. Uh, I kind of tried to write it from the first person and the third person. And um, and, and I, I use the word vagabond because you know, rather than call them homeless, it's a, you know they're you know they're they're out there living out uh, on the in the world. You know, um, travelers of the world. That's how I look at them. You know, they've got well, stories to tell, and we don't know what those stories are. And so I tried to yeah I tried to do something with this song to tell. Them you know, what the story might be from somebody who who has that kind of uh, life. Well, it also reminds us that um, uh, with returning vets, uh, they're returning to a country that celebrates them but doesn't always take care of them. And we need to see that more people take care of them, which is why we're very happy to, to give uh, free advertising time to one of the veterans' organizations. Well, we oh, are out of time now, unfortunately. Um but uh, I've got a couple of things. I have one more question for you. Where should people go to get your music? Well, I'm on iTunes and CD Baby. You can find it under Walt Cronin or The Gousters, either one or both. <laughs> um, okay. Um, yeah, they're kind of become wrapped up with each other. The Gousters was the first CD um, you know, that I did. And then I started writing on my, under my own name, Walt Cronin. And then, so that's the, you know, that's where I'm at today. I'm, I'm working on trying to get that uh, fifth CD made. I started late. Okay, I didn't start writing. Well, Walter, I, I, writing, I, so I like, my we, we thank you very much for being with us today. And I want to remind everybody that, that they should get a copy of the CDs, California Got to Run and Gone So Long at his website or the, the other places he's mentioned. Or you can stream yeah. them some SoundCloud or AirPlay. And, and Walter, Thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Well, thank you, Patrick. I really appreciate you, you know, giving me a voice to talk about veterans and veterans' issues through song and, and say my own music as well. So thank you. Okay. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page and you follow our Twitter feed, you'll get real-time updates on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartleben, and our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download these and other Music Friday programs at www.blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday. Check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we will update you on the guests for next week. In the meantime... 
Good night, everyone, and have a great musical weekend. And we're going to leave you with some more Vagabonds. Here we go. A letter from the uh, the network with a URL in it uh, that allow you to download the interview, and you can use it any way you want. It's yours. Still there? <laughs>